future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Thank you, and welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. Today, we have two amazing guests. They are both making such an important difference in the world. Uh, first up, we're going to have MJ Derricott, who is the founder of Makeovers That Matter. And later in the show, we're going to have Sherry Weinstein, who is the director of Peace Education that actually helps inmates and veterans find peace within, and we'll have her later in the show. But first up, please welcome my dear friend, MJ Derricott. Hi, MJ. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time you may be watching. It's great to be with you, Catherine. <laughs> yeah, you too, honey. Um, you know, you have an interesting background. you uh, <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, you grew up in Utah as a Mormon, mm -hmm. and uh, I think we have a little picture of you growing up there. Oh, me as a adorable, cherub. still are, <laughs> and uh, haven't changed a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a picture of you when you were five, right? Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, and um, I know... Uh, eventually you figured out that you were a gay man. So I know growing up in that environment of uh, being a Mormon uh, was a difficult path when you figured that out, right? And and we're going to talk about how that actually influences uh, what you do today uh, with makeovers that matter. So I thought we'd first, you know, delve into your background and then, and then, Talk about the road to creating Makeovers That Matter, which is just this amazing organization that you've been plugging at, I know, for at least five years. And yeah. uh, amazing things are happening with it, and you're changing a lot of lives. And so I'm very excited to talk about that. But uh, but first, what, what is it that brought you here? So um, – what was it like being in, in Utah in that environment when you figured out that you were gay? Oh, wow. Okay, so first, you need to know that my family, we loved each other so much. And our home was filled with laughter and love and endless bowls of buttered popcorn because we bought it at the theater outlet literally 100 pounds at a time. Oh, my gosh. So it was a so very you had a big family. Big yeah. Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> um, six sisters, two brothers, and yeah. I'm smack dab in the middle. Okay. So I, I figured out that I was gay, or at least I had a, a more of a fascination with men than women, probably when I was like six years old. Oh, really? That I, late? No, that, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I know. Late bloomer. No wonder you looked happy in that picture. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so... I didn't know that the church had a thing about men being with men until I was at 12. Oh. And then when I figured that one out, then I was kind of devastated because I loved my mom and my dad and I loved the church. I loved the relationship I was building with Heavenly Father, you know. Yeah. And I thought, what the heck, you know. So yeah. I started getting um, counseling from my clergy. And it was basically the pray the gay away, you know, yeah. theory at that point. Yeah. And for 12 years, I did everything I could to think differently and right. not feel the feelings and really wow. believing that what they taught me that, yeah, if you pray hard enough and fast yeah. every week and read the Bible and Book of Mormon enough, you'll turn up yeah. you're wanting women in a different way. And I right. love women. I do want women, but right. from the neck up. Right, right. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I got your girls handled from the neck up. Um, but what that really, you know, it, what it did for me, I think was, is really powerful is that because of my intense yearning to please the church and to please God, I developed a real tight and personal relationship with God that when it came time for me to clearly leave my family and their beliefs and my church behind, I took my relationship with God with me. Right. So a lot of people, when they're in a religious you know, situation that says, oh, gays are awful and they shouldn't be and they're a crime against nature, um, they kind of put that not from the church's message to them, but God's message to them, which is absolutely false. Right. So... Um, it and they separate themselves from God, which is not necessary. Is, is not what necessary. Right, right. Totally not necessary. Right, because obviously this higher power created everyone and loves everyone. So what you're saying is you were fortunate enough to realize that you could take that with you. 
Yes. Yeah. And, and those values and that integrity and that love. Well, right? and prayer being and has always been a part of yeah. my life. Right. And it is today. Yeah. Supplemented with meditation, which we'll talk about in a minute, I hope. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, having um, a source or a connection to deity, whatever that might look like for you. For mm-hmm. me, it, it's not really so much Heavenly Father anymore, although for a long time, I'll tell you, I prayed to Father, Mother, God, you know, not giving it a gender. And yeah. I think the whole idea that people, you know, uh, project onto God like it's a dude or it's a, guy, a girl or whatever is just a human's with our finite minds needing right. to sort of give a some sort of human character to right. that. But for me... You know, it's interesting you're saying that because I even had someone on the show, Nick Casey, that said, even as human beings, why are we uh, making gender? And, and I just saw um, uh, uh, Gloria Steinem uh, speak uh, mm-hmm. at, over here at UCLA, and she too said, uh, gender is something that people made up, and we can unmake it up. And I thought that was fascinating, you know, I like because that. It, it is where like there should be this many women and this many men doing this certain thing. And instead, wouldn't it be interesting to just say uh, we're just we're, we're just folks. We're, we're just all, people. Yeah. And, and, you know, is that a good person or is that a bad person? But not is it a man or a woman? Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. And it feels like a lot of the world, the mass conscious raising is moving in that direction. I think and, so. And, and non-gender specific shoes and clothing and things and why is you know this a man and this a woman it, it's a fascinating that's a whole nother that's a whole nother oprah that's another show <laughs> <laughs> we digress back to your growing so up. anyway yeah. so you know i define god very simply and i think you might even have the same definition that god is the love intelligence that guides our universe mm-hmm. and in that aspect i am part of God's creation, and I love and I look every day to link to that source to guide and direct me. And now as the founder of Makeovers That Matter, it's even more important. But it wasn't easy. Uh, When I left, when I graduated from the church, and I say graduated, I was excommunicated, Mm -hmm. um, it was really devastating to me. And I lost my family. I lost my church. I just lost the support of the people that I love, but I really had to dig in and even deepen my relationship with God. And um, that created a stability and a strength that in time made me really feel compassionate. And my work with that whole dynamic with my relationship Mm -hmm. has also brought me to a place where coming to the table with these women, I know because the women that I serve in my organization are typically military connected and they have felt discarded. Um, unacknowledged and unseen and underserved by their country, by their communities. And so we're talking about female veterans. We're talking about female veterans. And a lot of people uh, really don't talk about uh, female veterans returning from war. Uh, It's a very underserved market and very overlooked, I should say, market of people that you saw, hey, there's a need to help these people. Um, and, and that is the premise of Makeovers That Matter. It's helping them inside and out. I know uh, the way that you got involved in this, uh, as a hairdresser, you were helping uh, with an organization that was helping the homeless do outward makeovers, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, what was the name of that? Well, actually, I was, I was working with an organization called Get Love. Get Love. So we can skip back to January of 2012 is, is where the journey kind of began, mm-hmm. if you want. Sure. All right. Well, let's hop right in. <laughs> All right. So I... But, and you're thinking that this background of, of what you went through is what brings you the sensitivity and compassion to do what it is you're doing now. Well, it's something it that I can relate sense. to these women with, yeah. other than loving women and working with women my entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, I know exactly what it feels like to be discarded, to be... Uh, not heard not or understood. Heard or understood. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a place where I understand what it feels like. You mm-hmm. know, even though I haven't been in the military and had their experience, I've certainly right. had experiences that have left me feeling the same way that these women feel. Right. So it really turned out to be a benefit, right. a gift for me. And it's so um, interesting. In it couldn't be further away from your feeling, you know, excommunicated by the church uh, for being gay and whatnot. And yet it's those same uh, things that you had to deal with and overcome that they're having to deal with coming back from war. And so it's an interesting way for you to use those things that were a challenge to you to help other people. 
Well, I think that if you really get creative, mm-hmm. um, any individual, the challenges that you face can always be springboarded into giving you deeper sense of empathy and compassion for others mm-hmm. who have had to experience their own challenges. Right. And I think that's the way that we can all relate to right. each other. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's like you said, people could uh, spend their life being angry. I'm angry. I was kicked out of the church and I'm angry at God and I'm angry at the family or or. You could do what you did and and held on to your beliefs and then funnel all that energy into positive of helping other people. And I think it's beautiful how you've taken, you know, what your challenges were and turned them into the good. And you're doing so much good. And I I do want to talk about that today because I know we don't have a lot of time to discuss it. Um, So back in January of 2012, five years ago, you started this program or you started this journey to start I started this, this program. Journey, actually. Yeah. And it was something that I, I think Makeovers That Matter is my destiny, but it's something that found me and I didn't really seek after it. Here's yeah. what happened. Um, I stopped taking clients on Tuesdays in January of 2012, and I decided that it was time for me to get real personal with my giving back, take what I get paid to do and give it away for free different level of giving Mm -hmm. than being separated and and sending off a check or donating my services to silent auctions, which I've done for my clients for my entire career. Right. So I went to a homeless shelter in Hollywood called Get Love, where they help the homeless transition into permanent housing. And so I went there and cut hair for homeless women on Tuesdays, thinking it would go no further. But I did that for four months, during which time I just felt compelled that there was a way to refocus what I was doing to find women where the haircut might make a bigger impact in their lives. A Mm -hmm. couple of things happened. I gave this one woman the cutest little A-line bob haircut, and I was upstairs on the second floor in this little closet doing what I like to call triage hair because it was this filthy little closet. It was, (laughs) but it's fine. You know, I was there to just be a service. Of course you were in the closet. No, right? (laughs) Back in the closet. There he goes. Oh, it'd take a strong closet to keep me there today. But anyway, I was watching the next week I saw her and her husband coming walking around downstairs and she'd kind of had a Brianna moment since I saw her last and shaved half of her head off which I don't care it's your hair but I thought well maybe that haircut just didn't mean a heck of a lot to her which is okay but it just made me think are there women out there that a new look a new haircut or something might have a bigger impact so I'd been meditating daily since June of 2010 and had magical experiences doing that. So right. I knew to seek an answer was to go back to prayer, but more importantly, meditation, right. to listen. Yeah, one right? time I had I saw someone ask, uh, or, or Oprah asked Deepak, I think it was, um, what's the difference between prayer and meditation? And I thought, hmm, I don't even know if I could answer that. And she said, prayer is when you're asking for something, and meditation is when you're letting it come into you and download. Correct. And it's an interesting... Uh, uh, epiphany to to realize the difference between the two. Well, yeah. for me, it's like when you want to have a clean mouth or a connection to whatever source is, a clean mouth requires brushing and flossing. You don't right. just do one, but you yeah, do have both. To, so, yeah, they're both important. Well, probably want to rinse with a little Listerine or something <laughs> afterwards, but but... If you want to connect to the source and deity, it's really about using the combination of prayer and meditation. Right, exactly. They supplement each other, but they do very different things. Right. So anyway, so I went and meditated, and I asked, what should I be doing? And my soul just got shifted that day when I felt compelled to find economically challenged women who were looking for a job. Because that's the moment and the time to step in with that woman where a new look, a makeover of some sort right. would shift her own Makes trajectory. Makes such a difference in getting a job. Or, right? Yeah. So April of 2012, I printed up a ton of gift certificates, and I went online to try to find where in Los Angeles are poor women being helped into the workforce. So I went to a number of organizations in L.A., including Dress for Success, Chrysalis Path, and places where I could you know, try to give away my my services. Um, Fast forward to May 5th of 2013, I had a launch event where 19 women came in with complete, for complete makeovers with three breakaway sessions, spiritual counseling, interview do's and don'ts and wardrobe styling, which became the embryo for the mindset program, which is our program that teaches women how to create a makeover from the inside out. Get to that in a second. Right. Um, But of these 19 women, 15 were female veterans. And it wasn't by my design. We just put out an open invitation, and that's who showed up. Ah. So that day, my experience and hearing their stories, I thought, oh, my God, women who have put their life and well-being on the line for a country that I love, 
will step to the front of the line. So right. now we cater to female veterans and military caregivers and really focusing on what are their needs and how can we help them transition from military to civilian life, which is not easy. Right. And taking your skills that you had in the military and sort of formatting them in a way that looks right to a civilian employer. Again, something that's kind of tricky, mm-hmm. but we've got specialists that do that. I love that. Yeah. And so what you found out was it was important to change up the outside so they could get into the interview, but it was just as important to work on their inside, their spirituality, and uh, also just their mindset, as you call it, uh, to prepare them to reenter the workforce, right? And that's what created you working the makeovers of matter that is both the inside and out. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really important. I mean, God and that knows, makes perfect sense. You and I, we could change our hair color three times a year and yeah. have a new look and yeah. stuff. And that's and, always something that can be augmented or shifted or changed as you move forward. Right. And if you're getting an interview and you feel like your, you know, your look is bad, you've got to have that fresh new look to feel inspired to go get a job right. interview. It makes you feel good. But the makeover that's going to last you for a lifetime. That's the makeover you do on the inside. Right. So in the fall of 2014, we implemented the Mindset Program, and it trains women how to do that very, very thing. Now, the beautiful thing is, is that people have recognized, uh, major companies have are, are getting behind you because they recognize what a valuable uh, entity that you're creating here. So I know Paul Mitchell's gotten behind you. Correct. Uh, they did a product with your uh, name and face and everything on there. That was cool. Yeah, they ran um, a whole campaign yeah. in 2015 called the Color Your Confidence campaign, and that was national. So I love that. Cool. <laughs> and then uh, I know you said Wells Fargo is getting behind you. They are. Yeah, and 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 so you're really looking for organizations to get behind you that would like to help uh, female veterans and help people get back on their feet. So what a wonderful way for companies to give back. You've created the whole infrastructure and all they have to do is get behind and help you to sustain it. Right. And then individuals, of course. And I guess you I take it you look for volunteers and it is makeovers that matter dot org. Right. Yeah. Um, Also, I thought it'd be nice for us to share some of the actual stories of women that you've helped. And I know we have some pictures of some of them. And and so who's the first one that you'd like to talk about? I'd like to talk about Doreen Ferris. Doreen I met in late 2013, early 2014. And Mm -hmm. Doreen was an Army medic. And you can well imagine what someone who's an Army medic would see and experience. Yeah. A lot of potential trauma right, there. Right. I mean, what you have to live with the rest of your life is pretty harrowing. I can't even imagine. But on a lighter note, yeah. um, Doreen always wanted to be a blonde. And when you're in the military, most people don't know this. And I didn't know this until I started dealing with women who are in the military. You can't have hair like yours that has multiple really? colors in it. Oh, my gosh. No. So the military's out for me? <laughs> Perhaps until we change your hair color. When you want to go in, you come and let me. I'll, I'll change your hair color. Right. But, I want to be a captain. Right? So. <laughs> anyway, so she was never able to do that while yeah. in the service. So she was out of the wow. service, and she came and saw me. And so I got to know her story and her background, and I was compelled. So we gave we made, gave her some highlights, made her a blonde. And she was in my first graduating class of the Mindset Program, and oh. it graduated in early 2015. And while she was taking the program, she was lined up with a job interview for Starbucks. Now, initially, for a lot of corporations like that, you don't go in and first have a face-to-face. You actually have to have a phone interview. And she was really nervous and scared because she really wanted to work there and one day, you know, maybe be a manager of a store. So I gave her a few little tips and tricks. MJ has tips and tricks. Yeah. Um, And we said, okay, when they call you on the phone, you've got to stand in front of the mirror and make absolutely ridiculous, goofy faces at yourself. Do a little dance. Do whatever you have to do to make yourself. Anything to lighten up and be happy. Yeah. Right. Well, that will change the tone of your voice. And being happy, healthy, and full of energy and having that be what a company sees and hears from you first is incredibly important. Yeah. She got the job. That is awesome. She went in and she went in on entry level. And today she's actually managing a Starbucks in West Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I she's love got that. Her own we have store. to go visit Doreen. Let's do it. <laughs> I love Starbucks. I love that. I do, too. Um, so that's a wonderful success story. And, yeah. uh, wow, she was a, a, a medic. That's, like, really uh, a tough job. So, I mean. These are tough women. Yeah. These are tough women. Yeah. You know, um, women in the military, I love working with them. 
Yeah. They're they, punctual, they, they're they on time, a, they're regimented. Right, I, right. I they make great employees, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 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 So now, and, and then I know you want to tell us about a couple others. Um, Are we going to go to Dory, or to Melissa or uh, uh, Melanie Alvarez uh, next in uh, the group shot, or do you want to save that to last? Yeah, no, uh, either one. Yeah. So Melanie uh, is, um, what was she doing in the military? Um, I can't remember exactly what her focus was in the military, but she it was a part of my third graduating class okay. of the military or the mindset program. And um, we just love all of our participants. But I just yeah. had sometimes there's an individual that just, you know, you just like, oh, my God, Kinda we're going to be buddies. With you. Yeah. Yeah. Because she had a really dry sense of humor. And my sense of humor can be really a little dusty sometimes. <laughs> it gets a little dry. But. So. She, I think the thing that she took away from the mindset program most was interview skills. Right. So while she was taking the mindset program, she interviewed with Goodwill of Southern California. And I'm very excited to say she is now a veteran service navigator at Goodwill Southern California downtown. And the, the skills that we trained her about how to take job interviews, she applies that directly and teaches other veterans who are looking for a job. Oh, that's great. I know. She's passing it forward. I know one thing about your program is uh, that you require, don't you, that once they uh, participate, there there is a segment where they have to give back. Oh, before they get their makeover, we right. ask everybody to participate in giving back. And we have a really special way we do that. And by the way, before I forget, Melanie's actually teaching in the next Mindset program along with me. Oh. We are going to be the ones putting um, the women through mock interviews, which is so important. you right. got to practice right. your interview because right. it's so scary yeah. you know, when you go in there. But anyway, um, tell me the question you asked again. Oh, uh, so I know you have them pay it forward. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you look at our application page, we want every woman to be able to participate in her own journey forward by also giving back. So there's a great organization called um, Operation Gratitude, which has sent out over 1,800,000 care packages to men and women who are enlisted in the military. And they love to have those care packages coupled with a letter of gratitude. So we ask each one of our recipients prior to them getting a makeover, not before they take the mindset program, but before they're awarded with their external makeover, to simply write us 12 handwritten letters of gratitude, which takes about three hours. I've written many of them myself. Right. So um, we ask them to do that. And those letters go into the care packages that are sent all over the world. Oh, my gosh. So like that, what would be an example of what the content of that would be? Like, mm. a, what is a gratitude letter? Well, a letter of gratitude is basically thanking them for their service and oh, simply gotcha. as someone who's already been connected, served in the military or not, how much more empathy and compassion can they have for men and women who are still serving? Oh, my gosh. And so right. it's basically just thanking them for the time, for the protection they're offering for our country and the service that they're giving I to us all. I love that. That Isn't is that great? so beautiful. Yeah. And then I know you had one other person you wanted to tell us about. Ooh, uh, Katie Robertson. Yeah. I didn't know this about Katie. I, I recently had a fundraiser, and Katie today, she's a comedian. Um, she sings. She's oh, really wow. an amazing woman. Um, I met her attending a, um, a baseball game. Mm-hmm. I'm, so into, I'm so into sports. Really, not really. <laughs> I'm not sure what the LA team is, but I was invited as one of the veteran service organizations to be at this game, and she was yeah. in our box. And so I, I spoke with her, and I talked to her about my organization. She's a female veteran. So of course you went to a baseball game to talk about makeovers make matter. matter. <laughs> it's hard to shut me up about. It. But what I didn't know until recently that when I met her, she was homeless, living in her car. <gasps> you didn't know that. She didn't tell me until wow. later. Wow. Yeah, and, yeah. She and, was homeless, living her in her car here in Los Angeles, which happens to a lot of people. Wow. You and know, so makeovers that matter kind of helped her get back into the workforce. I did indeed. What She yeah. took the mindset program, and what it did for her is it just gave her a whole new fresh sense of herself. You know, when, when a series of events or choices happen mm-hmm. that end up, you end up homeless. Yeah. What happens along that journey is you just sort of spiral down with depression and a lack of self-esteem and feeling absolutely hard no to sense take of care of the way you look. And yeah, just, it's just difficult. So, it's yeah. depressing. Yeah. I mean, you're going home to your Chevy. Yeah. Not your apartment. Right. So what we did was help build that self-esteem. One of the things that we love about the program is that 95 percent of the women who graduate have reported a deeper sense of self-worth and self-esteem. And they're more enthusiastic about moving forward in their entire life, not just to go get a job, but feeling like find a person, a love of their life or make friends or any of of that. You know, um, 
that is so important to women's empowerment is building self-esteem. I think it's one of the things that holds women in general back is um, being brought up with a lack of self-esteem and self-confidence. And it's something that we all need to help each other with because uh, that truly is what will empower women to be in more positions of influence that will help change the world and make it a better place, I believe. And so uh, programs like yours are so important in uh, that you build that confidence and help these women get back into the workforce. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. You're changing lives every day, and I know your organization just keeps continuing to grow, and if there's people listening that would like to participate, again, it's makeoversatmatter.org, and I know you're also on a big venture to actually have this uh, be like a TV series, and I know you're making a lot of progress with that. I think that would be wonderful inspiration to be able to show these stories and tell more of these stories. You know I'm all about telling inspiring stories. So well, I think their stories are positive so stories. important, and yeah. uh, what I really firmly believe believe is that the American public and probably the world at large, when we think about veterans, we think of men. We don't really think of a woman who served in our military. And so having um, yes. an ongoing show to yes. share their stories, their journey, and obviously I get to do lots of other things with these women yeah. on a television show that I couldn't necessarily do in on in the organization. Right, but to help them. Yeah. 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 I, so, I love where your heart's at. I love where your thoughts are at. And uh, just keep doing such great work. I'm, I'm so thrilled to know you and, and happy to tell the world about makeovers that matter. And keep and on keeping on, baby. I do want to say one last thing. You know, I've yeah. got Wells Fargo and Paul Mitchell, Paul Mitchell Schools, but I was on the phone this morning with Jack Daniels. Oh, I love it. They're going to be one of my new corporate sponsors oh, as well. Oh, that's so, awesome. And we're going to do some really great, great events. Great. Um, in February with them. Awesome. And well, people I could use some black hair stylists, by the way, and black hair salons to partner with me in this particular venture, but they can get a hold of me through the website. Beautiful. Yes. Okay. Keep doing your great work. And uh, we will be right back with Sherry Weinstein. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. And we are back with Sherry Weinstein, who is the Director of Peace Education, and we're going to talk about what that's about. Hi, Sherry. How are you? Hi, Catherine. Very well, thank you. And you? Good. 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 Life is good. It's amazing being on with you and MJ today. You're both doing thank such you. amazing work in the world, and it's always an inspiration to talk to people like yourself that uh, just are making such a huge difference. So um, I want to talk about, like I did with MJ, uh, you know, about your background that brought you into the uh, amazing work that you're doing now, uh, which is, um, tell me the name of the foundation. The Prem Rowett Foundation. Rowett, yeah, because I don't want to, right. uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a tongue twister. Okay. Um, but the foundation has created a peace program, and I wanted to know what, you know, brought you to that. So you were explaining to me that a as a kid, you, you always wanted to make a difference right. from a very young age, very which I young. found fascinating. Yeah. Yes. I remember being, um, we didn't talk about this, but I remember being even younger, like a really small kid, and going to the deli in D.C., where we grew yeah, up. Yeah. And um, my the highlight was at the end they had a march of dimes little poster and you could put your dimes in it. And oh yeah, I remember uh, for that. Me, it was thrilling. Yeah. To be able to We're dating to, ourselves. We yeah, remember that. <laughs> to take the change and put it there knowing that, you know, just by eating there and being there I could make a difference doing something even if it was a dime. That's cool. So And and then I know you were telling me um, when you were younger you had a uh, uh, a couple of close calls with um, your right. life. And, uh, you know, people always seem to say that that's life-changing. And the fact that you had that in your earlier years, mm -hmm. I imagine, was very impactful to the whole rest of your life. So you want to tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, you know, there were a few cl close calls, you mm -hmm. could say, brushes with death. And one of them, I was at 12, mm. and I got pneumonia. 
Yeah. And I was ironically um, raising... I got, rem- I got pneumonia, too. I wonder Did if you? we were there at the same time. Maybe. I know we both grew up in D.C. Right. Yeah. Well, I was uh, in a high school sorority, junior high school sorority, and uh, we raised money for Children's Hospital. Oh, so what a I, great hospital. I was so passionate about it. Yeah. It made more sense to me than the whole sorority get-togethers that I went out there with my little uh, glass jar and my card and just kept raising money for it but it was in the dead of winter and there I was I wind up with pneumonia and in the hospital myself oh my so. gosh you were kind of out there doing good and ended <laughs> yeah. up with pneumonia but oh my, my fault because I probably should have bundled up more yeah but um and then at 14 I was in a car accident I wasn't driving but it was a pretty serious accident oh but God. both of those things were like a wake-up call to me like this life is short it's fragile yeah. and what do you really want to do with your life right now you told me with that car accident you came within like inches of your life right you know? so right. I, I can imagine that was a wake-up call yeah they said if it was another inch I would have been decapitated oh hitting God. the windshield oh no so it was kind of a wake-up to the fact that what am I here for right and so that has stayed with me since I was a young child like what is my purpose in life what can I do to to make right. this world a better place. Right. And when I It's heard, interesting because sometimes it's like you know, people are not until they're 40 or 50 or 60 that they go, right. oh, I wonder why I'm here. Maybe I should be doing something. <laughs> okay. So it's interesting that you had that experience so early, but it probably was, you know, here you're looking at it probably thinking, oh, what a terrible thing. I was almost in this mm. terrible fatal car accident, made it through, but then look at how it gave you that early wake-up call. Right. So... So from then on, you kind of yeah. always were doing things to. Well, I was very fortunate because at a young age, just after college, when I was reading books and going to lectures and looking for deeper meaning and richer experience of life, I heard about Prem Rawat. I went to a program at MIT. I was in Boston, and they talked about uh, you know I was getting ready to travel around the world until I found that bigger experience, Mm -hmm. wherever it was. You were going to search wherever. Search the world. I got down to a backpack and a sleeping bag. I was going to India, Afghanistan, everywhere. And then I heard, you know, about Prem Rawat's message, and I went to MIT to this program, and somebody there said, you know, you could travel the whole world in search of peace, but it lies inside of you, so you're taking it with you wherever you go. And, and that's that what Prem just, Rawat's... It, that uh, was his message. His message, yeah. And those were students of his, and it just clicked for me yeah. that I don't really need to travel the world, but I need to look within myself. I always like that saying, wherever you go, there you are. Exactly. Yeah, and if you mm-hmm. and if you have that piece, I think you understand what that means. You, yeah. you are taking yourself wherever you go. Therefore, right. you better be taking that healthy emotional self exactly. with you. Yeah, And the beautiful thing about the peace education program that I've been fortunate to help create and manage Mm -hmm. is that it's inner resources that we can all get deeper in touch with. Even if you know peace in your life and appreciation and choice and hope and all those wonderful things, as you listen to this inspiring man who's been called the ambassador of peace by many people around the world, As you listen to him, you discover them deeper within yourself, and that becomes the life-changing thing. It's transformational just to get in touch deeper with your own self. So when you heard his message, and and he, I remember you telling me he's won awards uh, that uh, have also been bestowed on... uh, Nelson Mandela. Right. Yes. Other famous uh, people that we uh, associate with peace and... Right. uh, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, right. He won the Asia Pacific Brands Laureate Lifetime Achievement Award a few years ago, and it's only been given to three people, and Mandela and Hillary Clinton. And And it's interesting. Not as many people, I think, have heard of him, so I'm so glad we're talking about him today. Thank you. you know, make more people aware. And, and I know the foundation uh, has a website, right? Right. And uh, that's tprf.org. tprf.org, which is a little easier to remember than than the name. Well, he's actually been traveling and speaking for over 50 years. Amazing. It's amazing that more people haven't heard of him. Right. I'm glad you turned me on to it. I had not heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and I know there's also the movie. Uh, right. 
There's uh, the Inside Peace movie. InsidePeaceMovie.com. I did look at that right. website and, and catch a little bit of the film, and mm. I, I know that's something that everybody's going to want to see. It's online right. at uh, InsidePeaceMovie.com. And um, tell me, uh, is that something that the foundation produced? Well, there's an independent uh, filmmaker, brilliant, Cynthia, Mm-hmm. who's a director and editor, and she heard about this peace education program and these inmates in Texas mm-hmm. in San Antonio. So she went down there and filmed them in the peace class, is what they were calling it. So let's back up and tell people what the program is okay. that you take into the prisons and also apply to veterans, which, by the way, I should probably connect you with MJ so that you can help his female veterans with the program, I think would be beautiful. We're already working with veterans around the world. Right. I know. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, But I know a big part of what you guys do is take it into the prisons in like 70 countries around the world, right? It's not just prisons, but there's about 10 different groups, community centers, adult education, universities, Mm -hmm. veterans, civic centers. So we're in 72 countries in 26 languages, including Braille and subtitles for the hearing impaired. Wow. So So, what is this program? I know you helped develop the program that is taught by volunteers. People could actually volunteer and learn the program, right? And you were telling me there's like seven components to it. Well, there's 10 themes. Oh, 10. And it's workshops, and they're interactive. Mm. So the workshops every week is a different theme. Mm -hmm. And it can be done by volunteers that are students of Premrawat around the world, or even better is people at the facility, they can be easily briefed and trained to run the program there, prison educators. Mm -hmm. So each week they... We have uh, DVDs. We have Mm -hmm. a kit Mm -hmm. with a case of DVDs, and we have illustrated articles and a workbook and a manual. It's a Mm -hmm. whole curriculum, and it's all on the DVD. It's so easy to run. And what are the uh, ten parts to it? Okay, the ten themes are peace, appreciation, inner strength, self-awareness, clarity, understanding, dignity, which is very important, um, uh, choice, hope, and contentment. And I say dignity is important because it's the foundation of this foundation, actually, is dignity, peace, and prosperity. That's Mm -hmm. what Prem Rawat is all about. Dignity, peace, and prosperity, all very important to everyone. Right. Yeah. And so uh, if someone wanted to take this program or learn and teach this program, they would go to the website? Right. Okay. We have a help desk. Um, it's, uh, the peace education program for short, we call it PEP. It's Mm -hmm. because it's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. So it's pep at tprf.org is the help desk and they Uh can write and they can express their interest and we can have people train them or brief them and start the program wherever they are. Oh, that's fabulous. And so you've been involved with this organization for how long? Oh, quite a few years, but it was founded in 2001. Mm-hmm. So I've been affiliated with it for all these years now since it started. Right. But we launched the Peace Education Program in 2012. Oh, I Before see. Before that, I was helping with publications and press releases and things like that. Then in 2009, we decided to do a program like this. We experimented. So that you could spread the word further. Exactly. We wanted to bring that message of peace and hope to so many people. And so um, how has this been received uh, in the prisons? Uh, It it sounds like uh, these prisoners are really very, for the most part, um, very open to, to learning these tools to to give themselves inner peace oh yeah it's amazing the results i get letters constantly every day and during the program there's a part where people reflect on what they heard and then they get to express something which completely changes them their whole self-esteem to be able to express something from their heart that's deeper and have their peers listen to it so it's an important part of the program and when people express they send me all these expressions from around the world and then I send it to Prem Rawat because I want to share that with him so I've you guys made a book of that? 
We could easily. Oh, you should definitely make a book of that. Wouldn't that be fascinating to and read what, what they say after they've been through the program? Exactly, but that's yeah. what the Inside Peace movie is all about. If you see that right, movie, right. it's so touching because you follow them taking the peace class in prison. Then once they're released, the struggles they go through, their obstacles, and how they start to apply the peace that they discovered while they were inside. To help so them cope and make it. It's amazing. It. Yeah, because it must be hard to make it when they get out. And yeah. so if they've taken that program, you've kind of given them the tools to, That's what to it make is. it in the world. To me, it's like a toolkit. Yeah. And so they come yeah. out peaceful, better people, so they don't recommit the crimes, I and take it. And make better choices. Right. Some well, people that, have said, yeah. I didn't even know I had a choice in life. Right. So it makes a huge difference. Right. I know uh, recently... There's an inmate in San Quentin, you were asking about the prisons. Right. And he has been in, in the prison for 30 years. And he's come up for parole several times and didn't make it. And what happened was there's an SQTV in San Quentin where he's at, and he began to hear and watch the videos of Prem Rawat. So I met him one day. I was there for what was called Peace Day. Every year it's a very big thing there. And I happened to meet him. And he told me he wanted to bring the peace education program to San Quentin. So we actually, the contact from Oakland, the PEP contact and myself, briefed him by phone. We sent him workbooks and manuals and articles. We were allowed to send him CDs, not DVDs. Mm -hmm. And he ran the program himself Wow! in English and in Spanish. He was part of a group called New Leaf on Life there. And he facilitated it himself. Plus, he loaned the DVD uh, CDs to his friends and everybody that he could come in contact with. And he would write us letters every week. I think he's still writing. Uh, to the pep contact in Oakland, and he would, it was so eloquent to hear him talk about the transformation from anger to joy, and then just this month, he went up for parole, and now he's been granted parole, and they did say that a large part of that is his work with the Peace Education Program. Wow. So not only does it... uh it helps rehabilitate them, which is what we need a program to right. rehabilitate them. It sounds like it should be in every prison. Uh, I guess that's something you're working on? Yes, yeah. definitely. You and know, in South Africa, excuse me, yeah. they, they've they been doing it for years. They're Zunderwater, oh. and then they and did Johannesburg Correctional Center. There's like six prisons there. Yeah. Well, the head of the prison at Zunderwater is so impressed with the results and the changes in the inmates that he asked, first he asked for the inmates to facilitate it, so they trained them to facilitate it. He wow. said, and that way it could go more throughout the prison and then he helped them to get it instituted now it's just been approved for every state prison which is 241 state prisons in South Africa that's 195,000 inmates wow and who'd think South Africa would be ahead of us right yeah and the same thing with Africa in in uh, Ghana yeah in Ghana they just got permission to do in yeah. those in all those prisons in Trinidad, and so they're all following suit like that. It's mm-hmm. happening. It happens once people see the results, then it you know expands, and yeah. now they're wanting it throughout the country. It sounds like a type of program that would be great for everyone in the world to take. Yeah, because we need more peace, and we think, well, how do we get from here to there? Right, and uh, uh, you know. Any, any vehicles that people listening could think of how to get your program out there to uh, just have more peace in the world. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. But it's great you're starting in the prisons. That's certainly a very important um, place to start. Right. And there are way too many people in prison, obviously. It costs us a lot of money to keep them there. Right. It uh, ruins their life, really. But if there could be this way to transform them so that they come back into society being uh, peaceful and productive, uh, what a wonderful thing. And it, it feels like it could it could also save a lot of money, too, and just it, rather than keep them there, hey, let's rehabilitate them and bring them back into society. Right. Yeah, um, I've been working with the um, National Association for Restorative Justice, mm-hmm. Community and Restorative Justice. I attend their correctional conferences, mm-hmm. and the head of it is Dr. Michael Gilbert from San Antonio, from the University of Texas. And oh. he went to the prison, he met these inmates, and he's featured in this film. 
And he said, you know, this is an important part of restorative justice is being restored to the self. Right. And that's what this program does. It helps helps a person get back in touch with who they really are. When you were introduced to this program, what kind of a person were you walking into the program, and how has that program changed you? Very good question. Well, there wasn't this program when I came along a mm. long time ago. There was the message of Pramarawa. There were right. videos that I listened to and enjoyed them. And I will say that I experienced a tremendous transformation um, just like everybody, you look outside for your peace, for your happiness. You try to make everything on the outside just right. And then when you realize that it's a matter of going inside and just, you know, he, as he says, personal peace is a possibility because you carry the well of peace with you wherever you go. And that's what I discovered. Imagine that with all that we want to achieve and accomplish and do in this world, that we could find that wellspring inside of ourselves. So we're constantly rejuvenated. We have the source of peace, of happiness, of joy, of love. Mm -hmm. And that way we can thrive, you know, like your show. A absolutely. So yeah. that, that really changed me. Helps you to live, love, and thrive. Right, yeah. exactly. And so uh, is it a feeling that you felt after um, being experiencing his methodology and, and thought process? It, it was you, you felt an inner peace. And it, it gave you those uh, 10 things we talked about, hope and right. dignity and these Well, things. Yeah. you know, there's I could have had 50 themes, but I wanted yeah. to make it a curriculum, so I thought of 10. Right, but 10 it to easily, make it digestible. We could, right, we could have had kindness, mercy, love. It could be 50 things. Yeah, all those positive so things. So it's not like he just strictly teaches those 10 things. He helps a person get in touch with themselves, get to know who you are, and then when you find that treasure chest inside of you, all those things are there. Right. So it was, and it's not a one-time thing. People think that achieving peace is a state of mind, when you get in a peaceful state of mind. Uh, it's or more when like you're, a daily practice. And, yeah, it's yeah. just like every day you get hungry yeah. and every day you need to eat. Right. And so there's a thirst inside of every human being. Right. Every day to you be need full. to feed your soul. And every day you need to be filled. Yeah. And then you learn to be able to to let go, to go deeper. I know before, you know, your guest MJ was talking about the veterans. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of this veteran program we did several years ago in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, I love Asheville. Oh, I have yeah. good friends that live there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And so... What a uh, neat town. It's very neat. Yeah. So there were these... They started with, I think, five veterans. Mm -hmm. And there's an article on our website, tprf.org. There's mm -hmm. an article about it, the Peace Education Program you can see there. And uh, one of the women, Alice, had come back from being at war, and she'd been back for a few years, but she said, this program should be everywhere because I came back, but with this program, I came home. Wow. So that's the difference. Wow, I love that. Yeah. It was so very it's something touching. we should implement for all the returning veterans. They come back uh, really with uh, a lot of PS. PTSD. PTSD. You know, in England, we have... Uh, well, now, if somebody, let's say, like I know someone that just is coming back from uh, right. war, um, how would they, they would go to this site, tprf.org, and sign up for the program? Would they find out where it's being taught? Is it taught online, or do they physically go right. to where it's taught? How do they find well, that? There's several ways. In, in in the near future, it will be online for people individually. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's available at organizations. Right. So in the UK, they have something called Save Our Soldier, SOS. And they specifically deal with PTSD. And they love this program. They saw this film. And then they want this program to go everywhere to all the veterans in the UK. They're working on it. Right. And so what they do is now they're starting in different locations and they have the program going on there. And we brought in our facilitators to try to train them and show demonstrate right. how easy it is. Right. And and they they were recently on the radio, BBC, talking about the phenomenal you know, results of this program already. Has this uh, film, it's been on PBS, is it? Yes. PBS, yeah. Um, 
it, it seems like it needs more attention and distribution, all this good work that you're doing. Yeah. I'm so happy we're talking about it today. Thank you. Me yeah. too. Yeah. So it's glad make, to be here, Catherine. Yeah, it's making such a difference, and Thank it's something you. I definitely believe in, uh, is providing the tools to help people to uh, find peace and find their highest self and find their calling. And I think all of those things are all related. Yeah, it's, yeah. you know, as that this inmate... This is obviously your calling. Right. Yeah. That inmate um, in San Quentin who just got paroled, one of the things he wrote was, inmate is what I am, but it's not who I am. So the main part of this program is you discover who you really are right. within you. And people need to look at the prisoners as that. They are people. Right. And they need hope and and dignity and peace too. We everyone deserves that. And you know, yeah. in this film, there's one moment where um, I think it's Trinidad who says, you know, there. It's amazing what's happening in this prison with this peace education program or the peace class they call it. And he said people would be really shocked to find out how much pre peace is happening here in prison. If it can happen here, it can happen anywhere. I love that. Let's yeah. leave on that good note. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You I hope. So people much, do Catherine. look into the program Me too. and that we help spread the word. And Me too. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Okay, well, we'll be back next week with other amazing guests and uh, be sure to tune in noon at UBN on Wednesdays and you can catch us on iHeartRadio and iTunes as well. Please spread the word. Live, love, and thrive. Hugs and happiness. Make it a great week. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360karma women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. 